Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Thursday, September 15th, and this is People Every Day. Welcome to the show, everyone. Janine Rubenstein back with you again today. And we have got some juicy stories in store for you. There's Oscar winner J-Law calling out Real Housewife Erica Jane for being, quote, evil. And then Erica Jane clapping back. There are new photos of New Flames, Leo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid out together. Plus, this Britney Snow divorce stuff is messy. And of course, we have an update on what's happening with the royal family. But first, let's get into what's been at the top of my news feed. Before we dive into our first story, I'd like to give you a warning as it involves details of sexual assault against minors. R&B singer, songwriter, and convicted sex offender R. Kelly has lost another court battle surrounding a case that has been in the public consciousness for years. Uh, One involving a 14-year-old girl who was videotaped having a disturbing sexual encounter with Kelly back in the 90s. Yesterday, a jury in a Chicago courtroom found the I Believe I Can Fly singer guilty on six counts, including child pornography charges. However, Kelly was acquitted of several additional counts that included one child child pornography count, one count of sexual exploitation of a child, one count of aggravated criminal sexual abuse, as well as four conspiracy counts. On Monday, the AP reported that Kelly's attorney called for a mistrial, arguing that her client was denied a fair trial, a claim which was denied by the U.S. District Judge. This, of course, after Kelly was sentenced in June to serve 30 years in a federal prison after a jury found him guilty of racketeering and sex trafficking during a six-week trial in 2021 that included testimony from 45 witnesses in a Brooklyn, New York courtroom. A sentencing date for this latest verdict has not been set at this time. As you loyal listeners know, we are no strangers to weighing in on the latest happenings in Bravo land surrounding the Real Housewives, no doubt. And while this latest bit of news is a shocker and one that involves a Hollywood superstar, fellow Housewives fan Jennifer Lawrence was at the Toronto International Film Festival doing press for her new film Causeway and shared her thoughts on the latest season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And let's just say J-Law... Uh, laid down the law and did not mince words. My biggest problem with yeah. the season is that it's just been boring. Okay. And mm. I think that Erica is evil. <laughs> <laughs> I would go as far as to say um, she needs a publicist. She like, needs a ASAP. Ouch. Well, Erica Girardi is never one to keep quiet after being called out. She appeared on Watch What Happens Live and responded to the Academy Award winning actress's comments exactly how you could imagine. What was your reaction when you saw that? Well, you know, it's easy to label people when they are at their absolute lowest going through something in real time on television. Um, But any time that she would like to come on down and mix it up with us, I'm sure that we could uh, unmask the ugly parts of her personality as well. 
<laughs> Lawrence and other fans of the show have been critical of Girardi this season for her perceived lack of empathy toward the alleged victims of her estranged husband's fraud scam. On a recent episode, when the topic was brought up, Erica appeared to have had enough of the topic and said, quote, I don't give a F about anybody else but me. Why am I catching the sins of somebody that I divorced? They're not my victims. I've been a wife that's been left in ruins. Just wow. Saying that on the show is not a good look, but it is great television. And now it's time to check up on what's literally been the biggest story in the world for the last week. Let's head over to the UK, where the public mourning of Queen Elizabeth continues, and Monday's funeral plans have been revealed. The UK is now in the midst of paying their respects to Queen Elizabeth, who reigned for 70 years, the second longest ruling monarch in British history. Her influence was felt from country to country around the globe. So with a legacy like hers, it's not surprising the lengths the UK is taking to say their final goodbyes. A lot has occurred since her death, and more is in the works in preparation for her final resting place. So to put the latest developments into context is People's Royal Senior News Editor, Aaron Hill. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Well, Queen Elizabeth is currently lying in state. Lines to see her are reportedly two to four miles long with wait times of eight hours. There's even a guard who fainted while standing watch by her coffin. So what else is happening on the ground in the UK right now? Yes. And as you mentioned, those long lines, we actually spoke to a young American waiting in line who said that she just was over in Ireland, heard the news about the queen and, and just thought she really wanted to be a part of this moment in history. And so in addition to people mourning the monarch, it's just people who recognize this as such a historic moment. And so, yes, people lining up to pay their respects and that's happening just as we're learning new details of the funeral, um, which will kick off with a processional around 5.30 a.m. New York time on Monday. And 2,000 people from around the world are going to gather to Westminster Abbey for this historic state funeral. And we're going to see several processionals with the royal family as the Queen's coffin is moved throughout the day, first to Westminster Abbey from Westminster Hall, which is where it's currently lying in state. Then it'll travel more than a mile to Wellington Arch and finally to Windsor Castle, where there'll be a more private ceremony at St. George's Chapel, which if you remember, that's where Meghan and Harry got married four years ago. We'll see about 800 people there. And then later in the day, there'll be even, even more private ceremony as the queen is laid to rest in the tomb alongside her father, her mother, her sister, Princess Margaret, and then Prince Philip, her beloved husband. His body will also be joining the queens in the tomb. A lot of buzz has been made around the projected number of people who will be watching the ceremony, a whopping two billion people, billion. And considering how TV can be watched either on an actual television or your phone, computer. I've actually even heard as, as many as 4 billion wow. tuning in. It just really speaks to the historic just relevance of this moment and how this is something we'll, we'll likely never see again in our lifetimes. And just to put that in context, they have 1.9 billion as a figure of those who tuned in to Meghan and Harry's wedding, and then 2.5 billion who watched Princess Diana's funeral. Another fascinating element that continues to 
grasp everyone's attention is the new titles given to the royals. And Kate Middleton and Prince William made their first solo appearance outside of Sandringham House as Prince and Princess of Wales. So what did they do during their visit to the Queen's country home? Yeah, this was a really poignant visit for the new Prince and Princess of Wales. Sandringham, which is in Norfolk, is a special place for the for the royal families where they gather every Christmas to spend time together as a family. It's also where Prince Philip spent a lot of time during his retirement and where the Queen's father died. So it holds a lot of personal relevance for the family. And there's with thousands of flower bouquets being left and tributes to the Queen and just well-wishers lining up to pay their respects. William spoke of how Monday is going to be very difficult. He, he likened the walk that he made yesterday to kind of feelings that he had back. So we had a correspondent actually on the ground in Sandringham speaking with a lot of the well-wishers that spoke with the couple and they were just sharing a lot of personal details about how the family's been doing, how they've been trying to keep a sense of normalcy for their own children who started their new school just last week, and Kate sharing that they're settling in nicely and making new friends, William sharing how Monday's going to be very difficult, and that he's uh, recognized that he's it's, it's bringing up a lot of feelings from just 25 years ago when his mother, Princess Diana, died in that similar walk he made yesterday behind the coffin. So it's clearly a very emotional time for the family, and they're really getting a lot of support from members of the public. To have him just like sharing that with the public is just so, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah, and that's part of what I think people are really going to respond to them as the Prince and Princess of Wales and the future King and Queen consort. They do bring this modernization to the monarchy and they are more emotional and more forthcoming with with the public and I think that just really speaks to kind of how people are responding and that they're recognizing this is a time of grief and that everyone needs to come together. In the midst of all of this, there there's also some celebrations as well, right? Prince Harry's birthday is today. Yeah, so Prince Harry is marking his 38th birthday today, which this is not the first time that he's had a birthday fall around the same time as a beloved family member's funeral. We remember just about a week and a half shy of his 13th birthday he was mourning the death of his mother, Princess Diana. So this is obviously a very you know, complicated time and, and Meghan and Harry are 100% focused on honoring Harry's grandmother and grieving with the public. We do know that Meghan, when it comes to birthdays and for Harry especially, she does everything she can uh, to make it so special. And so I'm sure in some way they're finding a way to mark this day for Harry, but their hearts are really with the queen and with, with the country right now. Her death is touching so many people across the world. But you guys are working your butts off here. I just have to put that out there. I I want to touch on how it's affecting you and the team. We dig our heels in when there is a huge moment like this. And specifically with the Royals, our team is deep. So how are you feeling? How's the team doing? And, and, you know, just what have these past few days been like for you guys? It has been such round-the-clock reporting, and it's been such an honor, really, to work on it. We all kind of take a moment here and there to take a step back and realize that we're covering history and it's such an incredible moment and we want to do everything we can to provide you the latest information and all the insight into what's going on because in addition to of course mourning this monarch is this amazing reunion we're seeing within the royal family with Meghan and Harry of course over in the UK and all of the complexities around that then just everything to do with Charles and his new role as king and what we can expect in the coming year with his coronation we're of course you know working really hard and our UK colleagues, our hearts are with them because they're you're grieving in such a personal way. This is their monarch. Yeah. And it's it's just been a real incredible, incredible experience to work on this. Ah, oh, well, you guys are, are 
knocking it out of the ballpark, I have to say. Thank you so much, Erin, for being on. This is far from over, so I appreciate you. Yes, you're right. Thanks, Jeannie. Coming up, we bring things back stateside as we head to Hollywood and catch up on the latest celebrity relationship news in this week's Heart Monitor. But first, Quinta Brunson appeared on Jimmy Kimmel's show last night, and let's just say she got some Emmys payback. Hear how Quinta gave Jimmy a taste of his own medicine right when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. A little bit early for your interview. It's after the commercials. Oh, but. I know, I know. But I, I just, I have a little favor to, to ask, okay. actually. Yeah, so you know how when you win an Emmy, you only have 45 seconds to do an acceptance speech, which is, like, not that much time? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then someone does, like, you get less time because someone does a dumb comedy bit that goes on a bit too long? You know, I have heard of that happening. In- we are back, and as you just heard, so is Quinta. As you may recall, on Monday, Quinta Brunson won her first Emmy for her work on Abbott Elementary. Jimmy Kimmel and Will Arnett presented Quinta with the Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. During the presentation, Kimmel pretended he was too drunk to walk, and Arnett had to drag him out to the stage. And Quinta had to step over him in order to give her speech. Kimmel lied motionless for the entirety of her acceptance speech, you guys. Well, social media was ablaze with criticisms of Kimmel's bit taking away attention from Quinta's big moment. And yesterday on his show, Quinta got some payback and walked out while he was giving his nightly monologue and was able to finish her speech and thank a few more people. I'd also like to thank Randall Einhorn, Michelle Nader, Big Andy, Margie, Aaron Warrenberg and Channing Dungey, Craig Erwick, Adam Siegel, Persona PR, and all of the fans of the show. Later, when Quinta was brought out as a guest, Jimmy apologized for, you know, taking away her moment. They said, I stole your moment, Mm -hmm. and and maybe I did, and I'm very sorry if I did do that. I'm sorry I did do that, actually. And also, the last thing I would ever want to do is upset you, because I think so much of you, and, um, and you know, I think you know that. I hope you know that. It's worth noting that even in the immediate aftermath of winning, Quinta Brunson stated that she didn't really care what was going on around her and was just so thrilled to win her first Emmy. And she echoed that and accepted Kimmel's apology. Thank you. It is very kind of you to say that. I honestly was in such a moment of just having a good time. Like, I won my first Emmy. I was up there, like, you know, happy. 
The two also talked about how Kimmel was one of the first people to lay eyes on the pilot and has been a champion of Abbott Elementary and of Brunson for, you know, quite some time. But most importantly, I cannot wait for the next season. Season two of the now Emmy Award winning show, love the sound of that, Abbott Elementary premieres September 21st on ABC. And you know yours truly will be watching. If you're anything like me, you love a good gossip session. And if you're especially like me, you love a good gossip session about the love lives of people in Hollywood. One of my favorite sections that we do in the magazine is called Heart Monitor, where we tell you who is the hottest new couple in town, who called it quits, who's on the rocks, you name it. Let's discuss it all. And joining me now to dish on all things love is People's Emerging Content Senior Reporter, Hayla Brody. Hey, Janine. Well, Let's begin with the couple that blew up my phone yesterday, Brittany Snow and Tyler Staniland, the Pitch Perfect star and Selling the OC Realtor, are calling it quits after two years of marriage. And the straw that broke the camel's back was how Tyler behaved on his show. For those who don't watch Selling the OC, tell us what happened here. So Tyler previously alleged that his fellow realtor, Kayla Cardona, has tried to steal a kiss from him on two separate occasions, noting on the reality life with Kayla. Kate Casey podcast, that the incidents didn't happen while we were filming. He goes on to say, quote, one night, Kayla did try and kiss me. And then it happened another night as well. And so on the show, out of respect for her, I'm just kind of trying to minimize it and brush past it so that there isn't drama. Nothing happened. It was just something that, you know, you don't do to somebody who is married, he added. Other female realtors on the show would give Tyler a quote-unquote nosy where they would go up and actually suck on his nose. Like, what? what? Okay. Anyways, source told People that Brittany did not want Tyler on the show, but he was, quote, adamant about it, right? Yeah, a source says the ordeal caused by him being on the show and having their lives turned into a storyline, quote-unquote, broke them. The source then added, they had issues before, but this is the final straw. Snow has been trying to find the best time to file for divorce and maintain their privacy, the source goes on to say. But then we have another insider that says, quote, they are fully over. All of the girls on the show are obsessed with him. He's been trying to be really respectful, but it's taken a toll on his marriage 100%. That... That's just a mess. From splitting up to heating up, though, let's talk about the new couple in town, Leonardo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid, the Oscar winner and supermodel, were spotted getting pretty cozy at a New York Fashion Week after parties. People have a lot to say about these two. Yeah, the pair was seen getting cozy at a New York Fashion Week after party hosted at Casa Cipriani in Soho by DiCaprio's friends. Photos show them in an intimate conversation and in one, DiCaprio is seen reaching for Hadid's hand. A source tells people that he really likes that she has her life together. She has a child. She's mature. He wants to be with someone who has the same idea of good causes and political views, just like he does. Apparently, they're getting to know each other an insider shared, adding that the pair aren't dating just yet. 
going on to say Leo is definitely pursuing Gigi, another source tells people. What do you think of this? I love them. Really? People are joking that she's older for Leo, which I think is so silly. He has pulling for them. I think she needs a nice guy, and I hope he's good to her. Before I let you go, we have to talk about Nick Cannon. He welcomed his ninth child yesterday, a baby girl. Do we know her name yet? Yeah, so Nick welcomed a baby girl named Onyx Ice Cole Cannon with former Price is Right model Lanisha Cole. Some of what Nick wrote on Instagram... Once again, today I am in awe of the divine feminine. God has given me and at Miss Lanisha Cole the privilege of hosting an angel here on earth. I vow to protect, provide, guide, and love this child to the best of my abilities. I am learning that it is not the limited amount of time we have on this planet, but it's the limited amount of love that is the issue. And I promise to love this little girl with all my heart, regardless what anyone says. All right, Nick. Well, there you go. Congrats to him and his ever-growing family, Lene. It's always so great to catch up with you and chat about what's going on in Hollywood. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. This last story is one that warms my heart and hopefully will cool the planet at some point. I make it no secret that I am biased towards Earth. It's definitely the best planet around, if you ask me. It's where I happen to live with my family and my dog and have my extensive collection of Barbies. (laughs) I am all about doing what I can to help keep it a clean and livable place to be. And that is why I was blown away when I heard that the Earth is actually the brand new owner of the apparel company Patagonia. (laughs) So Ivan Chinode, the founder of the beloved outdoor retailer, announced via an open letter on the company's website that he and his family have given away Patagonia to a nonprofit organization and specially developed trust to help combat climate change. Just gave it away. He said that he, quote, never wanted to be a businessman and that the earth is now our only shareholder. The company has long made its mission to help prevent global warming and ecological destruction by creating eco-friendly clothing and annually donating 1% of its sales. Chinode, who's 83, said instead of going public or selling the company, he wanted to do something with purpose. So now all of the company's voting stock that was previously owned by his family has been transferred to the newly formed Patagonia Purpose Trust. The trust will guarantee that the company's vision and morals to run sustainable businesses and give away the profits stay a priority, according to the Outdoor Apparel founder. In In addition to that, all of the non-voting stock, which makes up 98% of the company's worth, has been handed to the Holdfast Collective, which is a, quote, nonprofit dedicated to fighting the environmental crisis and defending nature. Chinode added that, quote, the funding will come from Patagonia. Each year, the money we make after reinvesting in the business will be distributed as a dividend to help fight the crisis. Amazing, you guys. If a company that's valued at $3 billion can go all in on combating climate change, then so can we. And living in Southern California now, I am all for doing whatever I can to help with these droughts and heat waves. Well, thank you all for listening once again. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to finish off the week with our Friday installment of People Every Day. <laughs> 